This Three Beards Media podcast is sponsored by Revelton Distilling Company. When Rob and Chrissy Taylor started following the Kentucky Bourbon Trail in 2012, they fell in love with not only bourbon, but the entire distilling process. Just eight short years later, in 2020, Revelton Distilling Company was opened, offering an entire family of products, including vodka, gin, whiskey, and Revelton Shine. Come visit the tasting room at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, where you can sample one of their many spirits, including four gold medal winners. Can't make it to Osceola today? Not a problem, as you can pick some up at your local Hy-Vee or Fairway grocery stores. Follow Revelton Distilling on Twitter or Instagram at ReveltonDC or their website www.reveltondistilling.com. This Three Beards Media podcast may contain mature themes, and if you're not down with that, we got three words for you. Like the podcast. Nailed it! Would you like to sample some of my nuts? Welcome back to yet again, another edition of Old Man Strength, a podcast of Three Beards Media and brought to you by Revelton Distilling Company. I am Tim Johnson, joined, as always, by Mr. Chris Shipley. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Listen, this is how well I'm doing. I don't think that the sound of that whiskey pouring was read nearly as well on audio as you thought it would. It probably didn't. No, but <laughs> the imagination of me pouring the whiskey into my glass. Uh, oh, that's fair. I I've had quite a bit of this since Saturday. So good, good. Hey, you. Hey, you spent you spent some time this weekend with a friend of ours. I did. Yes. Uh, Friday night, I uh, hooked up with Bill Willers, uh, who as listeners of the pod may remember uh was a neighbor of yours but actually went to high school with me he was a very good high school friend of mine his dad coached me in soccer and uh him and his son owen were up in indianola looking at uh simpson for owen to go to it's, school at it still blows my mind that his kid is old enough to to go to college when i think about bill uh i you know how it is you think of your friends having uh kids that are just kids into perpetuity you don't think they actually age right no i totally although bill has certainly aged i mean he looks every day of (laughs) (laughs) it was great to see the pictures with his very very uh distinguished uh uh I wanted to say smoky or salt and pepper, but that's just straight there's up. There's no, white there's beer. no pepper in there. No, there's no pepper. Straight in up that. Santa Claus. That is, it, yeah. But God love him. He listened to the pod. He brought me some. <laughs> he brought me some beer from from St. Louis. Uh, he brought me one that had Melvin uh, from a Melvin uh, distributor down there, uh, and which is my dad's name. Uh, and I will say that that beer was probably just as bitter as he was. <laughs> <laughs> no, when, when I kept when, the can, 
but uh i i could not i couldn't drink it all when 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 he sent me that text <laughs> with with the melvin uh uh i there was a little uh tear that came to my eye i thought that was fantastic so uh, yeah yeah, it, it made me very happy. I'm 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 jealous. I haven't seen Bill in in a while. Um, with much to my chagrin and probably to his delight that we that he and I have not uh, hung out <laughs> anytime uh, soon. Uh, it's probably been twenty at minimum twenty years. Okay, so so I have yeah. I I have seen him more recently than you, but yes, still that was yeah. that was that was fantastic. Yeah, that, I think I saw him once after he moved to Minneapolis. Uh, but other than that, I think the last true time that we were together for uh, spending time was probably around his wedding. So, so yeah, so he is he is a a fine St. Louis resident. Um, very happy to bring you St. Louis beers. I thought that was pretty fantastic. So yeah, and I'm gonna go down and visit him. Uh, they're they're gonna get an MLS team down there, so he's got season tickets. So since we played soccer together, yes, I played soccer when i was in high school um, <laughs> yeah it was goalie i had about 18 yards of area i had to cover so it was fine <laughs> um, but uh so we're gonna we're gonna play in that and go down and see him so good be good, time. good uh very very excited uh he and uh a select few kickers in uh in drake he still holds a drake uh place kicking record or two if i, I believe if so not wrong yeah. right Right. Boy, we could have used him. We could have used him two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, boy, boy, that's 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 a whole other thing. Um, we're going to talk about football with our guest this evening. Um, since the state of Iowa is very prolific at offense uh, in college football. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, um, prolific. That's a great. Y- y- yes. Yes. <laughs> we, we get tens of yards. Um, (laughs) anyway, uh, so Chris, I will go ahead and let you introduce our guest this evening. Yeah. So tonight, uh, on old man strength, uh, I invited, uh, a Twitter, uh, acquaintance friend, I guess I'd say a friend, uh, that, uh, I interact with quite a bit, Tim. I think you've interacted with her a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. she is on the Iowa side. Uh, she's uh, sitting in front of a Packers fan, so she's strike got already, already got two strikes coming into this thing, <laughs> right? So, right, Sit, sitting um, with a with a Viking and a bear, right? Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, Amy Addison uh, from Twitter, s'mores chick, uh, is uh, hopping on the pod mostly to talk uh, some football and things like that. But I think she has a really unique story, and uh, I've been wanting to bring her on for a while, and I thought, why not? Uh, bring her on and and uh especially this month with what's going on so amy thanks for coming on old man string thanks for joining the den as we like to call it (laughs) thanks for inviting me i feel so honored to be a hawkeye in the cyclone world we've had a few i think yeah those are the ones i went and listened to first and then i went back (laughs) (laughs) see how we treat you Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. we're we're equally yeah. stupid around here so it doesn't really matter who's on yeah yeah no we like mean, we've had tyler we've had shelly we've had uh-huh. we've had john Bluver, yeah. yeah so yeah. yeah yep we're equal opportunity around here yeah oh yeah yeah no no we'll 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 disappoint both fan bases equally it's fine <laughs> 
Absolutely. <laughs> Somebody has to. Yeah. Right. <laughs> when our when our teams aren't doing it anyway. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. No, uh, Amy, very, very happy to have you on. Why don't you go ahead and uh, take a second to introduce yourselves to our listeners? Um, I'm Amy. <laughs> uh, I'm more chick on um, all of my social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, um, TikTok. Um, Friends through and, MySpace, yeah. Yeah, yep, all of them. Um, <laughs> So I'm old enough to have had a MySpace, but I actually didn't have a MySpace. Simso has one. That's the only social media. I have never had a MySpace in my entire life. I do have an Angel Fire page that is still out there. But anyway. <laughs> I probably still have an active AOL. AIM, oh, oh uh, sure. Yeah, the AIM accounts. Yeah, for sure. Out there Little somewhere. Yahoo Messenger right. popping up in your bottom yeah. right corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so I've been on Twitter for a couple of years and um, started right around the pandemic. And I um, have, I feel like I've curated this nice little group of people that um, I know I listen to, <laughs> I know you all call it the cesspool. And yeah, <laughs> I heard that more than once. And I was like, yeah, it can be. But I tell you, I have found some of the most supportive and amazing people, um, friends through Twitter. And so um, it's really my go-to social media type of thing. So um, at Chris, obviously, I, I know him through Twitter. So, um, and I kind of share my story on there a little bit. Um, I went through a marriage and a divorce that was not good. Um, so October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and I am a survivor. And so I'm always looking for opportunities that fit right um, to be able to share my story and hopefully kind of help out other people. Um, I am diehard Iowa Hawkeye fan, black and gold till I'm dead and cold. I, I don't care. Um, or, or as we so, like to call it, the Iowa offense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That was really um, good, Chris. I have to give you a high five on that one. That was perfect. I, was so I, awesome. I, I brought that on myself. I, yes, I, I absolutely set that one out. Um, and so um, my ex-husband didn't let me watch because he hated them and so I've kind of taken I'm sitting in my garage bar um I'm turning my garage one of my stalls in my garage into a bar so um I can have people over and watch football games or basketball or um gymnastics um so I I love my Iowa sports I love Packers and the Cubs over here and uh, yeah sports make me happy i'm a nicer person when i get to watch them so um, uh how much does it pain you to watch uh alan lazard catch touchdowns for your packers um so the first year i i took a shot every time he <laughs> every time he had a good play i was like oh my goodness i'm gonna have to get drunk for this and um that helped uh so um <laughs> That's what I did when Amir Smith yeah. Marchette fumbled the other day. I got really drunk <laughs> yeah, yeah. for the Bears. So, <laughs> yeah, I, 
Yep. I'd give anything for a Hawkeye <laughs> to make a, make a play on my team. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Smith Marset, and then the game immediately following um uh the San Francisco game, you saw uh another Hawkeye turn the ball over right away. And I'm not gonna pretend like I didn't revel in that just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh yeah, so at first it was hard, but it's harder cheering for Hawkeyes on the Bears or the Vikings. So um I can get over the college part and cheer for my Packers. <laughs> but, um, Alan Lazard won me like 60 bucks a few weeks ago. So I like him even more now, but yeah. I, I like it. I, I'm glad that, that uh, gambling and professional sports are the great equalizer. <laughs> Iowa and Iowa's <laughs> <can> come together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, Money's I would say lost evil. me money a couple of weeks ago too, but we'll yeah. we'll talk about the we'll talk about Alan Lazard winning me money instead. <laughs> there you go. So big Iowa yeah. fan. Uh, yeah, I, I want to get. I I know that we've talked a little bit about this before. Uh huh. About your your undying devotion to to Brian Ferentz. Yes. But I got it. <laughs> I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about his quote today. Oh, uh, yeah. That was. Asked, he was asked by, I believe, Chad Likesco, um, yeah. what is the downside of starting somebody else other than Spencer? Alex, yeah. Now, I was uh, hoping that he would say that meant less uh, Tyra Taylor, uh, less uh, Taylor, the punter's oh, yeah. name. Um, Corey Taylor. Yeah. Corey Taylor, because that would have been pretty funny. But he decided to double down and say, tell me what the upside is. Which uh -huh. is a direct shot, I think, towards Labas and Padilla. I mean, it's yeah, not the I, first time that he's thrown a quarterback under the bus like last year he did with Deuce Hogan. So sure, my sure. But if you're Padilla, how do you not immediately go look at that portal? Well, I'll tell you why. I think I've read a couple things out there today that he is a uh, a, a major, a pre med major, and he wants to get his 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 medical degree from the University of Iowa, and I think that football is just a way for him to help him pay that. It's not necessary. I think that if he tried to transfer, that would mess up his his medical dreams of being a doctor. I think. Uh, it, it, it would not, but I'm going to go ahead and let Amy answer before I chime <laughs> in anymore. Um, so I am, I, I told Chris this, I, was, I have a very unpopular opinion about um, Brian Ferentz and also Spencer um, Petrus. Um, and I think, and it's because of who they are as people. Um, mm -hmm. And I know that, I know that there are a lot of people, Spencer's just a great guy. Um, sure. No, no doubt. That kid is, he, is, he's stuck it he's out. Amazing. And, yeah, he's amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's absolutely. tough as nails and stood there at the podium <laughs> and took, took the questions. And I absolutely mm -hmm. have a hundred percent respect for, for Spencer Peaches. Yeah. Um, he takes a lot of hate from his own fan base. I mean, pisses me off when people start booing, um, when you're booing your own team and I cannot stand that. And so, um, I frequently choose violence and I wear my Spencer <laughs> throws dart t-shirt and I love it and I'm going to continue to do that. Um, so I, I am of the belief um that if you support people there are three main motivators you can motivate through fear guilt and love 
and um or love and support and so I try to do because I had a lot of motivation by guilt and fear growing up and so now I have decided that that's not how I want to motivate people and so um, I think the more that we support people and the more that we love them um, it does help um, but uh, along with that I and I listened to um, I read the press conference um, listened and watched clips and stuff like that and um, I do I do support Brian and Kirk I think um, they've both brought a lot to the program and I got really upset and probably unreasonably so uh, when people suggested Scott Frost come to Iowa as the well, yeah, that is just a thought? dumb idea. I mean, yeah. honestly. Um, so I think that um, Brian as a person and as a coach, um, from what I can see in my observations, he has the respect of his players. Um, so Tori Taylor um, has, uh, he has his NIL deals and because he's from Australia, he can't keep the money and so he has to give them away give it away to something uh and he could have chosen to give it to the children's hospital like so many others have because it is a, i mean it's fantastic i i've spent Absolutely. plenty of time there um but he chose instead to do his things and give to a charity um count the kicks and every kick counts and uh, which also goes with punting but um it's a charity that has to do with um infant mortality and stillbirth and stuff and mm -hmm. so and that's something that brian and his wife went through mm -hmm. and um so i think that the fact that he chose that says a lot about who the fairnesses are as people and the support that they give to their players. And so, um, and I realized that the things that he said today <laughs> about um, what's the upside, I don't know what the upside is, but I know if you go through my Twitter, um, you'll also see that my job sucks. I hate it. And um, I talk to horrible people who think that they know way better than I do but they don't do my job and I don't do Brian's job I don't do Kirk's job I don't do Spencer's job and I never have because I'm not qualified for that I don't know what happens behind closed doors I don't know any of that and so um I'm going to keep going to games and just like with any business if you don't like the way somebody does business or something and it's the same type of thing in my mind stop giving them your money you know if you don't like the way it's going don't go to games don't watch them you know that's how you if you really want to change that's how you do it so um i'm going to keep supporting them uh and yeah I mean, I, I, I think that's noble. Like, like Chris is a great guy. I love that man to death. I think Chris Shipley is a very charming, smart person. I don't want him in charge of any aspect of a college football team. 
yeah. Have you seen me play Madden? I can call. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the way Tom Manning coaches an offense. It's like he's just calling three different Madden. I'm plays. telling you right now, those um, crossing routes work in Madden. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and I, I think that's the thing. Well, but I also, I guess, what rubbed me the wrong way today with with uh, Brian's comments is it's not that he's trying to defend Spencer and, and I'm very happy that he's defending the starting quarterback. I'm very happy Mm -hmm. that he's doing that. But when you're dead last in nearly every single statistical category, not just in power five, but just in FPS in general, and you want to say, what's the upside? Like, man, I'm bad at my job, but I don't get to defend it like that. Like, yeah, I guess that was the thing to me. It was like it was a, it was a it was it was kind of a slight to to Alex to say, hey, what's the upside of starting someone else like he's on he's a scholarship player on the roster who's trying to to win a starting job. And you're basically saying he's not good enough to be better than the dead last QB in FBS. Uh, and B, it, to me, it kind of felt like it was a smack in the face to to the fans and everyone else too to just be like, "Hey, what we're putting on the field is good enough." I don't know that. So I went to the Iowa Ladies Football Academy, um, and we had panels with players, and we had a panel with the um, offensive coaches and the defensive defensive coaches and special teams. Um, LeVar Woods is a genius, but anyway, uh, and he's, and something he said, he's, he's a very fun loving guy. I, I think, um, and he makes you laugh. Um, but he said, everybody has an opinion about it and about what we're doing and the calls that you make. And if it's good, they're happy. If it's bad, they go off the rails. And um, and I see that. I see that one thing, and it every Sunday my my block feature gets used a lot because <laughs> I just don't. I just don't. Um, I won't. I don't want to entertain those things. I don't want the negativity, and um, so I mute a lot of people because some people I like. Uh, during basketball season just not during football season Mm -hmm. um and then uh some people just get blocked I I'm I'm just not gonna do that but um so everybody has their opinion and I don't and I guess I took that different than being a slight to Alex um because he did go in last year and he did um play last year and Spencer was on the sidelines um helping you know calling plays and stuff but Mm -hmm. um I I didn't see it the way that a lot of other people saw it um so I think Spencer is a good leader and his team has a lot of respect for him we also have a very young O-line um sure so there's a Somebody said, or I read somewhere or something, um, there's a Tyler Linderbaum five hole in our O-line. Um, sure. That's not shoes that you can fill right away. And so I, I see um, our O-line getting stronger. And when Spencer has the time, he 
throws darts and he can and yeah <laughs> I, 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 have a I made a face because yeah he can throw darts. yeah <laughs> i throw darts it doesn't mean i hit bullseyes sometimes i hit the i, I hit the side of the wall or the jukebox yeah <laughs> well yeah and that's yeah i mean because there have been plenty of times i in my opinion and again i'm not sitting here trying to criticize uh a kid although spencer at this point is is a, a, a wise old man but like And I, like people can be really nice people. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, Brian's a public employee. And I think that's part of where I feel comfortable criticizing Brian because he does work for granted. I don't live in the state of Iowa anymore, but he is technically a public employee. Uh, being a great person and being good at the job you're paid to do are two different things. And and, you know, Spencer's a great kid. And yes, he can throw a ball on a rope. But man, there have been a lot of times there's been a wide open receiver and he has missed them by a mile. Yeah. Um, uh, which, yeah. Right. And, but, he's a and he's a college kid. But but if you're if you're Alex and you're and you're literally you have your own coach saying there's no upside to playing you. And he told the press there's no upside to playing someone playing him. If your uh, boss, if your boss said there is no upside to you being uh, good at your job, do you want to work? You don't like your job. Do you want to work for that boss? I don't want to work for my bosses at all. <laughs> but, uh, um, <laughs> they're not bad analogy. People. Yeah. Um, so. I, he, so I get, so he also said, he said, um, what's the upside? I don't see making a change for change sake. And I, You're I get dead that. last in the <laughs> FBS yeah. in every statistical category. If I'm the worst person at my job, there is an upside to changing what I'm doing. Let, let me ask you, <laughs> let me ask you this. Cause uh -huh. I, I read a couple things on Twitter today and I don't know how accurate it is. Cause I'm not in tune with the Iowa football team. The but Iowa I, football I do, team isn't in tune with the Iowa football team. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think, uh, I do think that there is some, some history out there with, if you get in the doghouse with Kirk, it's very hard to get out. Uh, I heard today, People mentioned DJK and the mm -hmm. doghouse that he was in mm -hmm. and to a little bit, even, even Noah Fant there for a while mm -hmm. when his brother was chirping along and kind of speaking out of turn, Noah kind of saw some balls not go his way. So let me, let me ask you this. I heard today that I, th I think there's a kid's event in the off season. Is that right? Uh, for, for the Iowa football team, like at the kids or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And Chad Lutzico had asked, Alex Padilla, why he didn't enter the, the 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 transfer portal at that time, and his response was because of the Iowa medical uh, program that he was really there for the medical program and not so much for the football team. I don't know how accurate that quote is, but do you think maybe if that's true, that may be part of Kirk saying, okay, if you not fully bought into us then why should we put any stock in you? 
possibly i don't so i don't know um i hadn't heard that so i don't know i don't pay a lot of attention <clears throat> to um necessarily what majors they have or the players have or anything like that um because they're there getting an education and um and i get that and that's all the, all the criticism of the transfer portal um people saying we shouldn't have it it shouldn't be there it's not you're not there playing sports you're there getting an education because sports isn't always going to be there. 99% of college athletes aren't going to go pro in sports. Yeah. And a hundred percent of them aren't going to be pro athletes after the age of 42. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. And, and even the pro ones, I mean, uh, some of them are still going to school and, mm -hmm in their rookie seasons and stuff and um to get their degrees that's what they started and that's why they went to college right um i mean some of them went because they wanted to play pro sports um but um that's, i'm gonna set that aside in my opinions on that one um <laughs> yeah um, I already know I'm going to get ripped apart from my uh, beliefs on Brian's parents and putting them out there. So we'll set no, that I one aside for another one. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. so. I mean, I, I think it's fair. I, I can listen. Last week when when uh, Matt Campbell made the statement uh, about uh, the entire that the Iowa State fan base tried to burn uh, burn our 18 year old kicker. And the majority mm -hmm. of the fan base was pissed because he said fan base. It didn't bother me one bit. I saw it more in that he was defending his 18-year-old kicker who, you know, is is an 18-year-old kid. And there were yeah. people, there yeah. were people that went after him. And then after hearing some things about his number got doxxed and and people were threatening him via email and and and, and things like that. I I in the heat of the moment, Matt saying our fan base, I I mean, if you didn't do that, then I don't know what you're worried about. I don't yeah, know why I, you're. I don't know why yeah. you're crying. Yeah, I, yeah, I have, I have zero problem with Matt doing that. I thought it was dumb that people got offended by it. like, oh, well, it's not all of us. Well, no, it's not all of us, but it, it's it plenty of, happened. It's, it's plenty of us, mm -hmm. right? Right. And and as much as I want to hold all of Iowa's fan base accountable every time one Hawkeye is an asshole to someone, right? Cyclones, let's back up. When have we ever had a good kicking game? Like ever. <laughs> oh, our... I remember Jeff Shudak. I was gonna say uh, Jeff Shudak, right? Right. And, like and maybe Shaggy. Shaggy when he kicked those five uh, field goals against Iowa. I was gonna say say Brett had a great game against Iowa. Brett was not necessarily a great, he was a very good inside of 40 yard lines. Jeff Shudak was so great that his kid decided to go to Iowa. <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, the, the last time, last time anyone brought up Jeff Shudak to me, it was Bill Willard, Willers, anyway. So, uh, uh, just because he's a kicker and he needed to, to, to feel relevant, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, Bill. Uh, no, he's not relevant, it's fine, he runs up all it is, <laughs> um, yeah. but no, I. I 
I, Amy, I, I, I do get what you're saying. And I'm as much as I think that Spence is not the right guy to lead the offense. Um, I'm not going to sit here and talk bad about him. I, what I am going to say though, is if you are paid a lot of money to do a job and you're not successful at your job, I don't care if you helped Jesus save homeless children from cancer. Like you, you don't. That's I feel not, like whoever does that gets a pass. Come on. But but but, 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 but for Jesus like, saving kids with cancer gets a pass. But not for your job. Yes, he does. You're paid. You're if paid. He's doing that on his free time. He's, well, then, he's coaching football, but he's curing cancer on the well, side. I he gets a pass. You're yeah. Then you're a great human being. You're not great at the thing you're paid to do. Like, it, God, you're gonna fire Jesus. You're gonna go into an office and fire Jesus because he can't run a. Oh no, I'm not out. firing Jesus. I'm firing the guy who's helping Jesus. Um, <laughs> but but no, like at the end of the, he's paid a lot of money to have a product out on the field that forget Power Five, just standard FBS. I mean, there's there's Central Michigan State Tech has a better offense right now that can manage. Iowa got a school up. Iowa got a Iowa got a turnover at like the four yard line and kicked to like a forty yard field. Like they they get negative yards. You have to be able to produce. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh God, um, I love you. I Amy, You're sticking right to it, though. Oh no, no, she's sticking to her guns. She's it's right. great. I, it's totally commendable. Oh, I love it. It's I'd have told it by now. Um, it's fantastic. <laughs> um. Yes. I'm not. I went so. I went to the Big Ten championship mm-hmm. game last year. Um. And cried just a little bit, Um, but it was, we got there. We had a 10 win season and Mm -hmm. not all of them are going to be like that. And so my, I mentioned my ex-husband didn't let me watch sports. And so there was no way I was ever going to get to spend money to go to a game. And so um, these first Iowa football games, uh after we separated I was there my ass was in the seat there and for reasons that's obviously my favorite game but that was in 2015 mm-hmm. and our undefeated season until the <laughs> championship in the yep. bowl game but we're not going to talk about those because I cried yep. then too yep. um but so that was kind of my first not my first exposure because I grew up around Eastern Iowa, so it's in my contract to be a Hawkeye. Um, uh, hey, I grew up in Eastern Iowa. It is not in my contract <laughs> to be a Hawkeye. Let's let's just let's just. I the were a little Hawkeye fan before Tim. Oh no, because your dad went to Iowa State. Uh, my bo- oh, yeah, both mo- both okay. my parents went to Iowa State. So yes, I was. Okay, I, okay. Anyway, um, so I 
grew up as I grew up as a Hawkeye fan. Um, that's just what we did, and and I given. I've spent a lot of time at the hospital and they have, um, my college tuition was spent paying medical bills. And so, um, so I am, yes. And I, no, I, no, I, I, I get you. I, I mean, it, I just keep going back to it. Like, man, if you want to talk shit about my mom, you're a terrible person. <laughs> But if you talk shit about my mom as an offensive coordinator, I'm mean, like, no, you're right. She's terrible. She doesn't understand football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the greatest segue ever. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel Everybody. like we've talked about uh, I feel like we've talked about enough depressing stuff. Let's move on to the domestic violence. Stuff. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Chris. God damn it. Chris, that was. Oh. I. I am all about dark humor, and so I see. I knew Amy would like it. Definitely, that doesn't make it okay. <laughs> she likes Brian Ferencz. She already has terrible taste. Let's just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Lord. I apologize. Oh, oh. my goodness. Oh uh, wow! This, this, yeah, that was an appropriate time for a word from our sponsor. <laughs> It's fall, it's football, and no better time to celebrate those victories or soothe away those losses like a drink from Revelton Distilling Company. Imagine a cool, crisp Saturday morning at your tailgate, friends and family enjoying a quick morning cup of coffee spiced up with Revelton's whiskey cream and liqueur. Their cream liqueur is made from a three-year-old Iowa corn bourbon whiskey with a cream and notes of chocolate and honey. Wow, does that not sound like the perfect way to begin a day watching your favorite team dominate on the field? Then after the game, sit back and relax with one of a kind, honey old-fashioned with Revelton's Honey Whiskey. Oh, and something new and exciting is on the horizon. So be sure to check out all their updates on their Twitter or Instagram page at ReveltonDC. <laughs> There's not a sponsor on earth right now that wants us to cut to them. Oh my god. Uh. Uh. Wow. Okay. Uh well this is cool because I I I as the de facto host of this thing, I have to find a way to to segue this <laughs> nonsense. And I have no way to do that other than to uh ask Chris why he grew a goatee like this is 1997 dude i will tell you i'm looking in the camera and it does look a little uneven over here <laughs> so so you know here's your segue if you want to make my goatee look better and make me look like a more handsome person than i are in then you should certainly buy some revelton honey whiskey and drink that <laughs> and that'll straighten those lines right up I I would I will say uh, uh, Chris and I actually had uh, Amy. You'll appreciate this. So this past weekend, there was an NFC North battle between. Uh, I say battle. That wasn't the battle. That was. It a- was too. We came back. We almost, we were in that game at the end. Oh yeah, but again, that- if it wasn't for that fucking Hawkeye that fumbled the ball <laughs> and, and got a f- block in the back on a touchdown run by Justin Fields, they should cut that fucker right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> so anyway, Amy, the dude was... couldn't even make it on the Vikings. We had to pick him up off the scrap heap and put him on there. Uh, <laughs> so, Sorry. so, so Bears Vikings played this past weekend. <laughs> Don't hold back, Chris. Tell us how you really feel. Uh, oh my god, I was so pissed. <laughs> I almost broke one of my three TVs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I was I was really cocky there at the beginning when they jumped out to like a twenty four to three lead or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, how uncocky <laughs> I was. I threw the same bet out there to Chris Williams, and, <laughs> and after after two scores, I quickly deleted the tweet so he wouldn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken shit. Uh, yeah. Chicken. Oh yeah. No, no, absolutely. Uh, Not that I have any faith in the Vikings whatsoever, because I am a Vikings fan, so I understand that that uh the one thing they do have going for them is that the one guarantee is they will let you down. Um I mean you've got to see a Super Bowl championship in your lifetime, Chris. Um that's right. It was a long time ago. Uh, still uh hey it i've my- even got to see him losing one i was gonna say it was it was it was in <laughs> my lifetime that that i saw them in the championship um uh but yes so chris and i did bet a bottle of whiskey on the game so i do have a bottle of revelton shine on the way right chris that's correct excellent well- it's not technically on the way, but it's owed to you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is excellent. because uh, I, I have a feeling that there'll be plenty of other opportunities where I'm going to to I would say I'm gonna use, buy I'm gonna get you a fresh, you know, a really fresh bottle. I'm gonna go down to 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, and pick up a bottle directly from from Robin Christie at their beautiful tasting room in Osceola, Iowa. Look at that! You are a consummate nice. professional. That was that was amazing. Yeah. It's, it's and if you key. and if you can't make it to the tasting room, will you will you perhaps pick some up at your local Hy-Vee or Fairway? I will at the local Hy-Vee <laughs> or Fairway. It is available. Matter of fact, I made this sweet little cup right here. Coffee filled with Texas fears and OU tears for Stephanie Copley. I got to deliver. And there might be a little bottle of their whiskey, cream, and liqueur in there too for her coffee for Saturday. That was fantastic. I'm yeah. really glad that you you chose uh, to show something on video for what is an audio format of a podcast. We'll show that. That was very <laughs> helpful. <laughs> Listen, this bottle right here was full when I started, so I don't know. once once again sure. once again the, vi- sure. the visual aids are really helping this. I'm not entirely sure. Um, how well the rest of this podcast is going to go. <laughs> I don't know that I can feel my face. Uh, oh, my goodness. Um, it's fine. Wow. Wow. Uh, it'll be fine. fine. It'll be professional. And and I, I'm not going to edit it while I'm hammered. Uh, thank, <laughs> thankfully. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Amy, we did warn you before this thing got going that we do go off the rails just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, I... I before we switch subjects and I still want to stay on football for just a little bit uh, <laughs> um, because your Packers also had an interesting game on Sunday. Why you yeah. So it was a oh, terrible wait, weekend so for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go get the whiskey out of the, <laughs> out of the cabinet. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Tim's gonna be the only sober one on this whole show, <laughs> which, yeah. which 
good lord what a train wreck this is gonna be um yeah no i uh aaron had an awful lot of passes batted uh at the yeah. line of scrimmage at the end of uh-huh. that game yeah it was not good it was not good uh so awesome. i have a friend who is a giant fan and so i owe him a bottle of vodka so um yeah uh <laughs> I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought for sure I was getting a bottle of whiskey, but no. Uh, oh, 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 he's yeah, he's, a, was, he's a Giants fan. I thought that'd be like a like a bottle of of, uh, of Jaeger. <laughs> 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 oh, can I switch it up? <laughs> oh, oh, I want to yeah, do that. Yeah. F- fireball, something like that. Yeah. There you um, go. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was not I I actually did not get to watch the Iowa game on Saturday. Um I was um in a You missed that like an exciting six points though. I know, I know. Uh yeah, yeah I was in a I was in a theater production and so I didn't get to watch it and um I open Twitter afterwards and I closed it right back and I was like, well, uh, at least the Packers are playing the Giants, so we'll be fine. And then I got up Sunday morning and um I was working my second job. I say that um loosely because I occasionally get paid when I remember to turn in my hours. I just do it for <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Is that so, AJ by the by any yes. chance? Yep. Yeah, it I want to so, I want to talk about AJ here in a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So. Um yes. So I uh so I got him up in the morning and got ready and the game was in London and so I was like, um, okay, so we're gonna watch football today. And um one of the things that I've taught him is go hawks. And so um and he also knows uh go cubs go he requests that song too um and so i was like on sunday morning we're gonna watch football and we're gonna learn go pack go and uh and then and they say that game happened and he learned our kids he learned other words that were not <laughs> go pack go <laughs> and um I don't know whether it's fortunate or unfortunate that his teachers probably can't understand what he's saying when he says <laughs> the words that I taught him. So, uh, yeah, it was not not a good weekend. So, uh, yeah. Well, you brought up AJ. Let's let's briefly talk about him because that cute yeah. little kid kind of has my heart. Uh, I love the picture Same. that you send of AJ. <laughs> um, tell me about AJ. Uh, so AJ is my friend's son. Um, uh, he also has a big sister that I don't, uh, talk about a lot. Um, just because I like to let her have her privacy and stuff. But, uh, so my, um, some good friends of mine, um, their son, uh, was born in 2015, September, uh, and, um, I had no idea anything was wrong, um, but he was born and they, uh, noticed one of the nurses noticed webbing between his toes. And so then they, um, decided to look at a little bit more, um, and determined that he had Down syndrome. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so then they looked at all of the other things that all of those other complications that sometimes come along with Down syndrome. And so he has um, hypoplastic left heart syndrome. And uh, the doctors at the University of Iowa weren't comfortable um, doing the surgery. Uh, and so we were kind of just standing around waiting for him. And it sounds terrible, but we're standing there waiting for him to die. Mm-hmm. Um, until uh, they got a second opinion from uh, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, so CHOP. Um, and he took a flight out there, a med flight out there, um, had his first surgery, open heart surgery when he was 15 days old. Um and uh, then came back to Iowa, went back out for another surgery. Um, so, and then came back to Iowa. And uh, he's just, he's a really special little kid to me. Uh, so I wasn't, um, when he was born, I was going through some other things. So it was just after my ex-husband and I had separated um, and I um, I was pregnant at the time. And so AJ's mom and I were pregnant at the same time. And um, then I found out that my daughter had a heart problem and it was same kind of thing. And so um, I ended up, um, her heartbeat was gone. Um, at 23 weeks. And so um, that happened to be the weeks that AJ came back from Philadelphia. And so I was um, trying to decide what to do um, without getting too political in in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was trying to decide what to do. And um, whether I wanted to have a gravesite or anything like that. And um, just my personality and the way I feel, I was like, I don't need a thing because then it's here. And what if I don't want to stay here forever? And what if I want to move? And so I said, if I, if I ever need to do something in her memory or um, feel like I need to be close to her or anything like that. I will help my friends with their son. I will take care of him. And it just seemed more like me and more personal and a better way to honor her. And so, um, I do spend quite a bit of time with AJ. Uh, he is seven now so um when we were wondering if he was even going to make it till seven days and he turned seven at the beginning of September um and I started taking care of him more and more um and then all of his major surgeries have to be done in Philadelphia and so um he had an airway reconstruction about four years ago I think 2018 2019 something like that and his mom got sick and she said hey can you get on a plane tomorrow because I can't be around him (laughs) with his airway healing and I was like 
Sure. And getting a tooth pulled in the morning, but I can be on a flight in the afternoon. And so um, I was out there and spent 10, 10 days out there and um, got a crash course on how to take care of him. And um, there aren't a whole lot of us uh, who can do that um, just because of he has a trach um, now um, and he has a G-tube and he has just started talking within the last a few years. Um, so uh, some of us understand him and some of us don't, but he can't say Amy, but he says go Hawks. And so I feel like um, I have my accomplishment <laughs> in life. I'm very happy about that. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll I would... allow it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, I have watched a, uh, an Iowa game from uh the children's hospital from his room. Um, I watched us lose to Wisconsin in 2018. Um, but I usually have the light sign from that we had in his hose in his hospital room right behind me here. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's, he's a special kid. Um, he has shown me what strengths and perseverance are and just, happiness and um uh I'll never forget we were sitting in a hotel room one time on our way out to Philly and he's just sitting in front of the mirror and talking to himself and laughing and smiling and um he's just always he's not always so happy like Sunday we fought about socks for 90 minutes and, um, I yeah free timeouts and um, <laughs> later. Say, so he understands oh, what it's like Lord. to be married. Um. Yeah. He, <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely does. He absolutely does. Oh, uh, that's yeah. a high five. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, and after, after my, so I don't live in Iowa City or Cedar Rapids. I live out um, in the sticks in the boondocks. Um, and, and I'm, uh, I'm close to him. And so when his mom or his dad call me or text me at three o'clock in the morning and say, Hey, we got to go to the hospital, um, from my bed to their living room, I can be there in 12 and a half minutes. And so that's super important to me too, because they don't have anybody else, anybody else who can do that. Um, sure. so, uh, yeah, he's just, he's a super special kid and, um, he'll make, he makes every day better. So yeah, that's it. That's great. <laughs> well, I think that, um, we need to, uh, you talked earlier about, um, survival and yeah. AJ is a certain certainly a, a an epitome of, of survival but i also think thriving would be a good word for him and maybe you mm-hmm. um yeah just from the outside I'll just give you an observation here um the amount that you have talked about your story uh has touched me uh as a father of two girls um i like to hear and i li- and we like to bring on people here that that give good 
I'm not going to say feel good stories, but stories of hope and, and, and the ability to um, rise above. Yeah. Show people that there's a, that there's a way out. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, not that we're reaching a bunch of people here, but I think it's important to to talk about. So you posted a picture the other day of you (laughs) and a a purple (laughs) guy. A purple headed guy, you put an emoji over your face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Uh, which I would imagine is probably an improvement, but yeah. Uh, it, it really was. But yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how in depth you want to get. So let's, let's kind of start from the beginning because I always mm-hmm. think that there's probably some sort of a love story there at the beginning, right? I mean, you didn't get married to somebody you didn't love. Uh, I mean, Tim and I are both divorced. We obviously loved, you know, our ex wives at, at one point, and, and, and that's why you get married. But, why don't you talk a little bit, if you're okay with it, uh, about the beginning? And Tim, this is probably maybe before we get into this, we take a break for Wintrust. Um, yeah, I was gonna say that was then, a perfect segue to go right into a sponsor again, Chris. I'm not, that's why I don't host anything. <laughs> that's why I don't host anything. But I feel like we get into this next subject, it might be hard to break. Uh, no, absolutely. No, you you are right. I do think that we do need to go ahead and and grab. I, uh, Kyle, I'm already sorry. Um, no, we we will go but ahead. This is and, a perfect and, break because now everybody's gonna stay through the break. And now I want to hear this story. So actually, I'm a fucking genius. You are a thing um, that exists in the universe. That is true. No, it's it's probably good. I I probably want to go ahead and grab myself uh, another drink and probably uh, a box of Kleenex. So let's go ahead and take a break. We will hear from our sponsor. Uh, Kyle Lehman at Wintrust Mortgage, and we will be back in, I don't know, 30 seconds. Sure. <laughs> All right. Are you in the market for a new house and unsure of the mortgage process? Want to know that you have someone looking out for you? Kyle Lehman from Wintrust Mortgage is a down to earth, knowledgeable lender who can be there for you in your corner. He can work with you in any of the 50 states and is just what you need to expand your home search. Kyle will work with you through the entire process with little to no work from you. Take the worry of the mortgage process out of the equation so that you can focus on looking for your dream home. Contact Kyle at www.wintrust.com forward slash Kyle dash layman or call him at 515-473-0546. Welcome back. Once again, listener, you are listening to... <laughs> we have listeners listener <laughs> you are listening to old man strength in case you woke up from a coma and your spotify was on shuffle you are listening to old man strength a podcast of three beards media brought to you by Relton distilling company and of course our sponsor Wintrust mortgage that you just heard an ad for um uh, we have a lot of great contents in the Three Beards Media family, Bitter Units, Fill in the Blank with Anya, Sigh of the Storm, WS Twin Warriors, and a lot more things to come. So we're very excited for what we have going on, and we're very grateful. So please go ahead and like, download, subscribe. Uh, how else rate. do you rate? Rate, please. Rate. Rate. I, you, review. Review. Um, Those are super important. Um. 
tweet about us. Um, call your grandma. Tell her about us. Not your uh, all those. Don't call your grandma. She doesn't know. <laughs> then, I'll, then I'd have to walk her through how to subscribe. It's a whole. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, thank you very much for listening. We are joined once again by Amy Addison, uh, s'mores chick, on all of your uh social media applications because that's how the kids say it is applications uh they do chris don't look at me like that anyway <laughs> um the video is not important, my niece- so it doesn't matter how I <laughs> <laughs> we that 20 minutes ago <clears throat> my doesn't niece- matter everybody was listening 20 minutes ago hung up already yeah <laughs> hung up this isn't a call-in <laughs> show what the hell uh, Amy, you were trying to talk, and Chris just had to like cut you off with his old man nonsense. So anyway, um, I have a rotary phone behind me. <laughs> gonna say that. Uh, so my niece, uh, when she was three, she's fourteen now. Um, she was she had an iPod Touch, and she was three, and looked at me and said, "Aunt Amy, I can't find my application." And I was like, girl, I don't know how to work that thing. (laughs) Like 11 years ago. And my three-year-old niece had to show me how to use her application. So I don't know that that's still relevant to him. Sorry. No, I think think the kids say applications. I don't don't think think no McKeel, we're gonna need a ruling here. Apps are what you get at TGI Fridays before the meal comes, right? Not applications. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Well, um, how are we gonna segue into that now? I don't know how. <laughs> uh, how I'm going? I'll to handle do this. it. I'm the professional. I'll handle it. I'll take care of it. Oh my god! Okay, no, I. So we mentioned Speaking of that, applications. Let's talk about. Uh, oh, oh my god! Don't. <laughs> Will you please quit talking? Um, so as we as we as we did mention at the top of the pod, this is uh, a domestic violence awareness month here in October, um, which uh, something that has hit home for me and a close friend of mine here very recently. Um, but uh, Amy, you've been you've been open uh, to at least some extent. Uh, about your story um, and please cut us off at any time if there's things that you aren't comfortable talking about but we are grateful that you are willing to kind of share uh, everything that you've been through and being an advocate for um, uh, other victims of domestic violence Um. yeah so when I was going through, um, what, after I started the whole process, um, and I was cleaning out, so my ex-husband left a whole mess for me. Um, and so I was cleaning everything out and it was just completely emotionally exhausting. And I was texting with, um, one of the most amazing people I know. Um, and he said, I, I said, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I have the strength to do this. And he said, um, he doesn't deserve your time, but you deserve your freedom. 
And that's kind of the thing that stuck with me. And so um, I kind of use that to decide when to tell my story and how to tell it. Um, I was, I was approached about um, after some TikTok videos, I was approached about doing a reality show um, Mm -hmm. about uh, narcissistic abuse. And I uh, declined that because it just didn't feel like it was something that would help anybody um it wasn't going to help me gain my freedom and it wasn't going to help anybody else gain their freedom either just the premise of it um podcasts being able to talk to people um in person um talking speaking engagements that kind of thing I feel like those help other people and so um if I can help other people in their freedom or help um, people know how to talk to people that they think are in this situation. Uh, if, if me talking <laughs> can do that, um, that's, that's what I want to do. Um, there's, it's not something that's talked about. And I, we were in a, um, I met my ex-husband in church mm-hmm. and so um, we were in the evangelical church and uh, it wasn't something that you talked about. And if something was happening, you didn't, you didn't discuss it. Mm-hmm. And um, after I told my mom that I wasn't letting him back, um, she said, I wondered if that was happening. And that was something that like and I'm just now and she said that seven years ago to me Mm, um and I am just now getting to the point where I understand a little bit more maybe why she didn't say anything um because I was livid I was absolutely serious because I did not understand how um she could if she suspected it, why, why was she okay with me being in that situation? Mm -hmm. And, um, but she didn't know how to approach it. And I'm starting to see that now. And I think it's something that you will just don't know. And so, um, I get a lot of messages when I talk about it or when I put stuff on Twitter, Insta or whatever, like I, I, uh, I sold my wedding ring and um, donated the money to a domestic violence charity uh, because I didn't want it. Um, and I didn't want that reminder, but it, so if it can help somebody else and that's what I'm going to do. And I got so many messages after that. I have a friend who's in this. I have a friend who's in this. My daughter's in this. My niece is in this. What do I do? Kind of thing. So um, sharing that is, we can we can change the world. We just have to do it one person at a time. Yeah. And so, so you you mentioned uh, your mom. The I think older generations um, certainly a lot of things that are just we don't talk about things like that, right? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's that that's airing dirty laundry, and that's not appropriate uh-huh. type of thing. 
I it, it it makes it more more challenging. And I think also just, you know, like you you look at at I mean, all three of us are divorced, right? It's certainly common, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to pretend like it's still completely sociable, socially acceptable or, or, or understood yeah. uh, t- yeah. 10 times more so for the generation before us. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these folks that were in unhealthy relationships just found a way to get Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Without actually acknowledging what was going on, because you don't talk about it. These are yeah. These well, are the things you don't that, talk about. I think that that stories like Amy's helps people realize the situations that they might be in. Whereas when you didn't talk about it, to your point, Tim, for those earlier generations, they didn't hear about it, so they didn't do anything about it. It was yeah. They didn't acknowledge. They didn't acknowledge it was a real thing. Right. And mm-hmm. or it wasn't socially acceptable to. To leave your spouse because of abuse, you just yeah. you just lived with it. Unfortunately, I mean, I, you know, I'm sure that that they were I, you 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 hear about stories now of of these older generations that went through some of these things that didn't leave because it, at that point it wasn't socially known and it wasn't socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. And and Amy, I think a, a, our proper way to start here is is, is to maybe talk about the early part of your marriage we talked about before the break about how, you know, obviously those signs weren't there or maybe they were there. And, and, and I know, I know for my, for my first marriage and I can only speak for myself, it wasn't abusive or anything like that, but I think there were signs there of my first wife that probably, I probably shouldn't have married her, but because for me, my self-esteem was so low, and in a, and at a point in my life where I didn't think I would do any better, I was so afraid not to have somebody that I was going to latch on to whoever showed me any kind of an interest. And looking back, I mean, I, I don't regret not having my girls, um, mm-hmm. but that's the only thing that I regret about that because it wasn't a healthy marriage. And I knew that yeah. even, even as I continued to be married to her, I knew it wasn't healthy and it was not abusive and it wasn't domestic violence. Um, but I would imagine maybe that's true for a lot of people. Yeah, I think it definitely is. Um, I think the biggest thing probably with us was we met in church. And so I had this idea that, oh, well, you know, everything's fine. It's all good. Um, yeah, he goes to church. He must be a good man, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, so, and we, we had known each other, um, and then we started dating and we got married and from the day of our first date to our wedding day was seven months. Oh, wow. So, um, I didn't know him. I feel like I didn't actually know him. I thought I knew him, mm-hmm. um, so we got engaged after two and a half months and, um, and I, I know that I loved him. Um, and I'm kind of jaded on that word now. Um, just because, mm-hmm, sure. um, so I, I definitely did love him and I should have 
we should have waited longer. Uh, we almost called off the wedding or postponed the wedding like two weeks before. And um, I said, uh, can I ask why? Yeah, uh, because we were fighting a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And. And I, I think part of so now that I now looking back um, and knowing what textbook narcissism <laughs> looks like, um, he absolutely 100% love bombed me, get it done so we can, so I can let go mm-hmm. um, because that's what, that's what they do. And um, I, I know that now. <laughs> and so yesterday was my 20 year wedding anniversary. Uh, so I didn't know that 20 years ago. I didn't know. I Maybe I didn't even know the word narcissism, but um, we, yeah, we were fighting a lot. Um, and I felt like he didn't accept my family the way that I would have liked. Uh, so, um, but at that point I was like, okay, here's the deal. I, I've always been hyper independent. I cannot ask for help. Um, and when it's offered to me, I hardly ever accept it because I also can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like I just, I was there. Um, mm-hmm. and I wanted my independence, but I also wanted somebody to be with and, um, and we got along most of the time. Um, so, but when we were looking at calling it off or postponing, I said, here's the deal. If I don't do this now, um, my fear of commitment is going to kick in and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it. Um, so that was, I probably shouldn't have said that, but you know, here we, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> so, uh, well, I, I mean, I understand it. I, uh, I've never told this particular story before, but, but dating my, my ex-wife at the time before, before dating or whatever, there was an incident where she had, um, an affair before we got married and it was a big red flag. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was one of those deals where, again, like I said earlier, I was so, insecure myself that I and I wanted the dream of having a family and a a wife and the white picket Mm -hmm. fence as cheesy as that sounds um that I I went ahead and looked past that because I didn't want to be alone Mm -hmm. and yeah I I was okay with being alone um I still am uh traveling alone all all that kind of stuff um so i was at the point where i couldn't picture myself with him forever but i also couldn't picture my life without him in it mm-hmm. and um so i think it just became became that de facto kind of thing um and that's that's not why we got engaged that's not why I said yes when he um, called me the wrong name (laughs) that's a fun story um but yeah 
so um, I don't know that he was ever in it. Um, and maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. I, I don't know, but um, it was good at first and we had a good time and um, there were red flags. Um, but uh, as I found out even after and doing the online dating thing, I am like a bull in Pamplona and I just run a straight for them sometimes. Uh, so, <laughs> and so, yeah, um, it's better about seeing them now, <laughs> but sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, there's certainly a part that uh, you mentioned being okay with being uh, alone and independent, but there still is something to, Finding a part of your identity in and with someone else, mm -hmm. and that becomes uh, you, you become susceptible to things that you wouldn't accept from the outside. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was vulnerable with him, and I kind of let my guard down. Um, and there were things that he would say joking, joking, um, that maybe weren't joking and mm -hmm. maybe I shouldn't have been like, oh, he's just joking, you know, that kind of yep. thing. Um, I was 24. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, that, um, uh, yeah, it wasn't always bad. Um, but I yep. definitely, looking back, ignored a lot of things. I mean, and, uh, cards on the table here. Chris and I have both said on this podcast before that we have, you know, in our first marriages, were were maybe unkind or said things oh, that yeah. were not right. That you know, certainly things that mm -hmm. we regret. Um, I I think that's where for someone like you that is in a situation like that you, you want to say from the outside oh it's so obvious it's so black and white but it really becomes mm -mm. um way more the line is so blurry that you don't even know there's a line anymore you yeah. know what i mean right, right? yeah right you know it, I, I know there are things that i said that i i wish i could take back or or you know that i regret i that doesn't mean that there was a clear line being drawn and sometimes I think from an outsider's perspective right so friends that were witnessing what you were going through probably it was obvious to them that wasn't obvious to you I did really well at hiding it so mm -hmm. um I grew up that here you put on this mask and this is how you look and this is how it should be um so I, it was 11 years before I told anybody anything that happened. Mm -hmm. So um, even that he said my wrong name when he proposed <laughs> Texas name. So I didn't even say that. That's just, that's just <laughs> surreal to me. Um, yeah. And I, as I was cleaning out his stuff, I found a picture of him and him and her in his stuff. And so I was like, oh, okay, cool. So uh, yeah. Um, just kind of put that in the box and, oh, I'm going to add in this 
jar of glitter with the lid loosened as well. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, petty like that sometimes. But um, when when did you when did you start to realize that maybe you were in the situation that you it wasn't the fairy tale marriage that you thought it was, and it was because you hadn't confided in anybody. It sounded like, yeah. um. And you obviously, I mean, that's got to be a very lonely existence to to have a public persona of a happy marriage and a happy wife and know that you're, that's not happening. Um, when did you start to realize that maybe that, that was, that was happening? It was looking back. Um, I see things from the first year. Mm-hmm. Um but I made a lot of excuses for him um, because I think you he, do that when you're in love a lot. Yeah. He, well, and he has a medical condition. So um, we were. So back up just a little bit, but um, he, we were planning to move to Missouri. And so we had, um, we had an accepted offer on a house and, um, the weekend, the week before we were supposed to move, we had both quit our jobs and everything. Um, the loan officer who approved our loan was investigated for fraud and so they took our loan. And so oh, we shit. did not move. <laughs> we did oh, not get to buy that house in Missouri. And so we were here. Um, and he just decided that he wasn't going to go back to work. Um, and I was like, okay, so I guess I will. Um, so I went to work, I was working three part-time jobs and he wasn't doing anything like he was staying at home. Um, it was financially, it was awful and, um, I didn't have health insurance. So I was paying for his medication out of pocket um, and it was $400 a month because yay United States healthcare system um but he was taking some medications and they were trying them out to see what would work best to see if he could go back to work and um that was in the first year where he said he and he refused to file for disability as well because he said well Amy's got it Amy's taking care of it so um And one of the, he, there was a medication that he was on that um, I remember, I have a very vivid memory and I can see it in my head and I can see his eyes looking at me. So he threw me into a wall and I like slunked down and it was a brick wall um, and I like went down the wall and I was sitting on the floor and he's standing over me yelling at me and um I looking in his eyes and I just saw nothing and it was like he he was completely empty I there was nothing there and I made the excuse that was the medication that he was trying so, um, and at that point I said, if you ever take that again, I'm out the door. Nope, nothing. Um, and so he never took it again, but there were still other things that happened. Um, 
So he would do something like that and then be fine for months at a time. Um, and people at work would say, you need to leave him and because he's not taking care of you and um, he refuses to work and he refuses to file for disability and he's okay with you doing all of the things, everything. And I would say he has a medical condition. If he had cancer, I'm not going to leave him because he has cancer. And it's the same type of thing. I'm not going to leave just because he has a medical condition. Right. I mean, you, um, you, you, right. you, you stood up there and said for better, for worse and sickness right. and health. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I absolutely get that mentality. Yeah. Um, and so I look back and things like that happened a lot. Um, so that was the first year. And um, there was another time where he was behind me and he pushed me down on the ground and I was like laying on the ground. Um, and that was in the same, that same house. And we were only there for um, six months, six, nine months, something like that. And then we moved. Um, and I have a lot of memories that um, I've repressed due to just trauma. And um, occasionally I get glimpses of them and they come back and some of them are just there. Um, And I sometimes relive them in the middle of the night kind of thing. Um, And that's better now, but um, they're not some, so I was taught or we always thought um, abuse is when he leaves bruises and he never left bruises. And I don't know how. And he would even say that um, you bruise so easy, Amy, I can't be doing anything because you don't have bruises, um, which I, you learn. Eventually, you learn that it's not domestic violence and domestic abuse isn't just that. There are so many aspects of it, um, like him telling me that I was lucky to have him and that I was a I was a bitch and um, I wasn't pretty and I was fat and um, nobody else would ever want me and I was lucky to have him. Um, I was lucky to have someone who looked like him. Um, so uh, <laughs> that's not narcissistic at all. I, no, I know. Yeah. Uh, so gaslighting start, is the term yeah. that we use. Yeah. And you start to believe that stuff. Um, oh, sure. It's easy. It's easy so to easy. believe the negative things. Absolutely. A hundred percent. It takes, I read a statistic that said it takes seven positive things to negate one negative thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear that, Tim? You hear that, Tim? How are you talking? <laughs> oh, no. That's why That's why I always keep everything terrible I say about you right. uh, <laughs> uh, in a manageable amount. So I can still... <laughs> Yes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, 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 you start to believe it after a while and um, and you just do anything because you're there. So, you know, Amy, you mentioned that you guys met through the church and Mm -hmm. um, not to get uh, too into into the weeds on this. But as someone who was an active participant in uh, the evangelical 
community, I would say they do not do a great job of acknowledging uh, domestic violence. Um, And when they do, it kind of seems like it's a very surface level thing for as much as they are supportive of the family and traditional family values, it gets into kind of some stereotypical roles. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I wonder uh, if you're comfortable, if you could talk a little bit more about your experience with the church as you went through this. Yeah. Uh, So we had kind, I mean, we kept going to church. We switched churches. Um, after we got married, because uh, we met at the church I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was always taught that there is only one reason for divorce, mm-hmm. just one, and it's adultery. Um, yep. Anything yep. else, you stick out. Um, I, I mean, I still feel a yeah. tremendous amount of guilt. Yeah. Because of that. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, otherwise, you just deal with it because that's the only thing that the Bible says is okay. And um, it's just not something you talk about. Um, And even after we separated, um, so before we separated, uh, we had stopped going to church. um, And I had told him that I wanted a divorce. And he said, well, we need to do marriage counseling first. Mm-hmm. Um, because otherwise we have no basis for a divorce. And I was like, okay, uh, you pick the counselor because I had asked for that many times before. And so I made him choose who we were going to go see because I knew that if I chose the person, he would be like, well, they're just fighting with you because yeah, sure. you picked them. And so he um, hadn't been to church in years, years. And he chose a Christian counselor, an evangelical counselor. And I was like, okay, fine. If that's where you want to go, that's where we'll go. Um, whatever. I already, I knew my decision then. Uh, so we went to that and um, it wasn't, we kept it on the down low. It had to be yeah. quiet and we couldn't sure. tell people that we were, in marriage counseling because marriage counseling is what you do right before you get a divorce or right before you separate or whatever. Um, And there's just that stigma that goes along with it um, in religion. So um, it was just something that we didn't tell anybody. Um, He had told his parents, but I wasn't allowed to tell anybody else. Um, I, I was told to keep it to myself. I told some friends that I worked with, um, they knew, but, um, and the counselor actually, uh, is the one who recommended that we get a divorce. So, um, I continued to see her after, um, Mm -hmm. we separated and he was supposed to see someone and she said, um, I don't recommend divorce, but you can't let him back in your house. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said in one of our talks, um, like one of the last times that I talked to him, he said um, that 
we couldn't get a divorce because we didn't have a biblical basis for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because he said he hadn't been unfaithful. So he's like, I haven't been with anybody else. And as far as I know, you haven't either. And I was like, well, that's not accurate. But anyway, um, so uh, it was just something you have to keep up the faith and you put on that faith and you go to church and everything. You smile until you get in the car. Um, the one of the worst times and it's on my TikTok. Um, but he, we were on our way home from church and he got mad at me and, um, I was driving, he pulled me out of the car. Um, he made me stop the car and pulled me out of the car and left me on the side of the road. And, um, Iowa, we have a lot of gravel roads, especially where I live (laughs) out in the sticks. Um, but he got in the driver's seat and he took off and, um, he was coming back and I thought he was coming back to pick me up, but instead he pointed the car at me and he sped up. And um, stopped a couple feet in front of me. Um, and that's a feeling that I remember. Um, and we were on our way home from church. And so I, and I didn't feel like I could tell anybody that. Um, so I actually wrote it down uh, when I got home that day. Um, I wrote it down in a notebook that I found a few years ago. Um, and so at that point I knew, I mean, I knew enough to write it down. Um, I know that I have photos somewhere of, uh, red marks that he left on my arm, um, chunks of the wall that were taken out because he threw a wine bottle at me um, because I made the wrong cake for his birthday. Uh, but we would go to church every Sunday and pretend like everything was fine. Um, so I, I see that a lot in the church and I don't know if it's because they just don't know how to talk about it um, or if they don't believe it or what? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, my, I, I would say particularly, I mean, and and uh, Chris, your experience in the in in the in the Catholic Church might be similar, might be very different. Uh, uh, to stereotype for a second, you Catholics are very good at guilt, um, right? Um, but in the evangelical community, uh, very much there are all of these examples of a biblical marriage examples of of a great thing and it almost uh it gets to a point where it's not honest or um representative of the struggle that a marriage really is even Mm -hmm. the best marriages in the world are are work right my parents Mm -hmm. just celebrated their 50th anniversary and they will tell you that it is work and i think that um uh, particularly because the the evangelical community is so much about you know a uh, specific gender roles 
and mm-hmm. B, this is what a godly marriage looks like. That yep. anyone who's not living up to those uh, feels a passive aggressive type of guilt that is different than mm-hmm. anything else that you're not good enough. You're not doing it right. You're doing something wrong because yep. your marriage isn't up to kind of this this model of whatever Instagram pumpkin spice uh, mom fluencer type of thing yeah. is going. Yeah, right. Um, but like because there's so much of that. And then, the you know, I, I remember being in a Bible study with a man who was divorced and uh, he expressed very clearly that he felt like an outsider and ostracized, even though people didn't mm-hmm. actively try to ask, you know, no one in that Bible sure. study actively said, um, you know, you're you're falling short of of God's plan or whatever. Like, but but there was a kind of a. <sighs> I don't even want to say subtle, but it wasn't like a direct mm-hmm. you know, type of. And so there's a whole other type of guilt. Yeah. Along with that, that makes you blame yourself for the situation that you're in. I Yeah. I, I think when I, when Stacy and I got married, we both were previously married. So we had to go through an annulment through the Catholic Church. Which at the time I felt that's a whole like other was, weird thing, by the way. Right. Which I felt <laughs> at the time, like I got to pay this amount of money, and then I'm going to have this annulment, and then I'm going to be able to get married. Right. It, it seems it, like, it seems it like feels, a scam it, to me, right? It does. It feels like a, it feels like a very weird tax. That's so like it, yeah. Right. So forget the money portion of it, though. Part of that annulment was is I had to sit down and write out basically what happened in my marriage. Now, depending on the type of person that you are, you can either take that as a way to be cathartic and see your mistakes and see what you could work on, which I think is what the intended purpose of it is. Mm-hmm. Or you can just totally bullshit yourself through because you don't give a flying fuck and you just want to get married again. And I remember asking uh, Father John, I said, what happens like what happens if if because my ex-wife had to write one as well even though she's not catholic and he said one of two things is going to happen you're going to write what happened and she's going to write what she thinks has happened and it's going to be identical and they're going to come back and go yeah they neither one of them you know they recognize that this was never going to work or they're going to look at it and go or she's going to have a completely different version of the of the story and they're going to go back and go neither one of them were on the same page yeah but the most important part was is is if you're being honest with yourself and tim and i tim you and i have talked about this before i i was not a perfect husband i made a shit ton of mistakes i said terrible things um but i did take a lot out of, of of writing that out and so on and looking at what I needed to do uh, if I ever decided to get married again, which at the point when I wrote that down was when I wanted to get married. But I did a lot of that self-reflection beforehand when I started to date and going and knowing what I wanted in life and what I wanted mm-hmm. in a partner and so on. And I think, Amy, you probably have done a little bit of that as well, right? I mean, um, none of that excuses any of, of, of what he did. 
or who he was or what he was. Mm -hmm. But I would venture to guess if you sat down and you wrote things out, you would be honest with yourself about the things that you recognized and maybe what your portions were. The things that you deserve. Right. Yeah. And I think that his would be total bullshit. Let's just be honest. (laughs) Um, Um, It was. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Because that's what a narcissist does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, And even to this day, my ex-wife will not take any responsibility whatsoever for the breakup of our marriage. And she, I think, still struggles with that mm -hmm. and still focuses on me. And I don't give her a second thought most of the time. Yeah. Um, Part of our marriage counseling, one of the first things that the counselor had us do um, was get a book. Um, And I, I don't remember the name of it, um, but it was about abusive relationships and abusive marriages. And um, she told him that she wanted him to read uh, the first chapter and me to not and then we would come back the next week discuss it and then I would read it and so he read that first chapter and we went to back to counseling um and he said and she asked him what he learned and what he got from it and he said well I learned that she's abusive to me and um I want to punch and the counselor right goes, <laughs> and, the, and the counselor said um why why do you think that and um he went on some bullshit about um how he was afraid to be around me and um he never knew when I was gonna go off on him or anything like that and I was like dude I I'm afraid to come home every day because I don't know if that's gonna be the day you're gonna snap and just shoot me Mm-hmm. Um, you're the one with the gun, not me. And so, um, I know I did things wrong. I know that, oh my goodness, sometimes I would go to him. Um, I know I did that and, uh, or say things to, he would piss me off. And so I would say things that I knew would piss him off. Mm -hmm. um just because i had had it and um that's not the proper way (laughs) to uh make anything better in any type of relationship um so you have i mean you learn from things and uh for a long time i also blamed myself for staying in it um yeah Yeah. that it was a it was years um of me doing that but um after after we separated I took a year and a half um just me um because I felt like I needed to work on me I needed to figure out what I wanted going forward and um make sure that I was okay with being alone so that um when I was in a relationship it was because I wanted to be and not because I couldn't be alone kind of thing um and so I think maybe that was I don't know um I know I made mistakes I know I did a lot of things um I I like to shop 
a lot. And um, since he wasn't working, I, and I was making all the money, I shopped. Um, when we bought our house, he didn't like it. And I said, well, you're not working and I love it. So I'm buying the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, probably not the best. Sure, but, but but I mean, what I what I I guess what I my impression right now is that you're you're still making excuses. I mean, it's certainly right. relationships. Again, I mentioned my parents celebrating their fiftieth wedding anniversary. Right? Uh, they are to me, and to this day, and maybe this is a my own kind of thing of of help. They do have a, an amazing. They are each other's best friends. Uh, I always worry that my dad doesn't have enough hobbies because his only hobby is being married to my mom and they're retired and I'm sure he drives her insane. But, um, <laughs> I, but I also, I remember them fighting and I think sometimes people have this idealized thing in their mind of once I find my person, my partner, whatever, we're not going to fight or whatever and so then when you, <laughs> i know it's i know it's but i, I think people Sorry. get that way right and so yeah. i think i think what My happens is, is, all that, the time. is that people make uh excuses and they uh feel guilt where there shouldn't be guilt and they say oh i contributed to all these things and and because and, and that is true right and sometimes mm-hmm. the line does get gray right mm-hmm. you have a fight Again, it's not like this is abuse. This isn't an abuse. It's a clear black and white line. Uh, sometimes it gets into kind of the shade of gray of of we say mean things to each other. At the end of the day, we're loving. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it is kind of a both sides type of thing is, yeah, we're both yeah. dicks to each other. Right. Like, like yeah. there there is some of that, but it makes it way too easy to excuse behavior that isn't uh, excusable. Right. And so even Mm -hmm. even now, as I hear you talk about what you did, I I feel like (laughs) there's some of that that is always kind of carried with, there's always kind of this residual Mm -hmm. piece of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, so after, um, I don't know where to start this part of the story. Uh, so one thing um, that got me out and made me realize that it wasn't healthy and that I didn't deserve to be treated like that, um, it wasn't an instance where um, he did something, <laughs> tried to hit me with a car um, or it wasn't anything like that. Um, I was working um, with a guy who hyped me up all the time mm-hmm. and told me that I was amazing and fantastic and um, I deserved better and all of that. And, um, and that's what it took for me to realize that he's not right like mm-hmm. i'm okay <laughs> right. you know i i'm i'm kind of cool most people like me um so uh 
that's what it took. And um, when I realized that and I told him that I wanted a divorce, um, that was my time. And I said, I want a divorce. And after that, I did what I wanted. And I, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Um, but um, going out with my friends and doing what I wanted and. Um, going to Iowa games. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was after he was out of my house. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. Say, so, going to Iowa games is really letting loose. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, there were, I went, my friends took me out for my birthday. Um, the, right after I told them I wanted a divorce, they, um, they were like, we're taking you out for your birthday. I was like, cool. And, um, I couldn't drive home that night. And so, um, he called me and asked me where I was staying and because um, I had a gallon of Red's apple ale in me, you still can't drink that. Um, (laughs) No. Uh, I said, do I really have to know his name? And so that was not a good choice. Um, I was at my, I was at my friend's house. So, um, but I was just, yeah. Yeah. So I, I I should not have done that. That was a bad decision. Um, I wasn't perfect. Nobody is. Um, but, um, I, I never tried to kill him. (laughs) So, so I guess I've got that going for me. Um, (laughs) well, um, uh, let I, me uh yeah yes <laughs> let me ask you and we'll kind of start to get wrapped up here but uh-huh. um because i would like to touch on how great your life is now and and like we said before how thriving it is rather than just surviving yeah but i think this is an important person an important question that i ask every podcast but i think it's super mm-hmm. important for for what we've talked about here is is that what would you go back and say to Amy 10 years ago, 2022 Amy, who has all these experiences now and all these positives in in her life? What do you go back to say to 2012 Amy now? And I think I'm asking you this question because I think there's a lot of current people out there in a situation that could probably hear 2022's Amy's advice you know um so i know that you ask this question all the time so i've been thinking about it for like a week now and i know um, i got in trouble when i didn't ask me <laughs> i know <laughs> she's oh. like i'm gonna tell you anyway <laughs> yes i'm um, glad to have a guest that actually listened to our podcast chris i know right start changing I, the question <laughs> i i love meg um so yeah, after I listened to the Iowa fans, I listened to Steph and Meg. Uh, so because I, those are I, two good. I ones. love both of them. Yes, so. um, yeah. Meg's is one. Uh, some Iowa fans went after her, and um, Holly and I stepped in, and we're, and uh, 
Well, don't worry. Those. Yeah. We got a whole segment coming up of staffs of shut the fuck up. So Okay. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Love yeah. it. Um, I love that. Uh so so yeah, I've been thinking about it. Um and I I had to go back and look at pictures to find out what was going on in 2012. So mm-hmm. um because I think I, I was just existing. Um mm-hmm. I, I had bought the house um, a few years before, and um, I was uh, I was in college um, for my second career, uh, and working in a job I hated. Um, uh, not hated, but I just it wasn't me. Uh, so. I think um, I'm a big believer that all of your experiences um, make you who you are today. Mm -hmm. And um, I know, I know AJ's parents because they were my neighbors in the house that I live in and the house that we moved to. And, um, So I think I don't, I would say believe in yourself, but, um, and I would make different decisions. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but I would, I would tell me that I deserve better. Um, that, um, it shouldn't take another person to tell me, um, to tell me that um and one of the, that was getting towards the point where um I was really depressed um I have a semicolon tattoo on my wrist um because I was working and I was I wanted on my way home I didn't want to come home and so I was driving down a road next to a river and I considered driving the car into the river. Um, and then I told my ex-husband that and his response was the direct quote, how do you think that makes me feel? And um, so the semicolon is don't give up, just move on. Um, you move on, things will get better. You can make them better. Um, you can you can keep going. So I think that's what I would tell myself. That's what I would tell other people in my situation is you deserve better. You can do better. Um, don't give up and tell someone. Um, when I finally told someone, um, it was a former coworker. And, um, we were out drinking one night and, um, I said, I said something offhand and I don't even remember what it was, but he said, Amy, are you safe at home? And I was like, nope. And I took my drink and went and played pool. And, um, so just, and then after that, every day after that, he would text me every morning and say, 
are you okay? Are you safe? Um, and so telling someone that and having that support just, it makes, it made all the difference. So that was the beginning of my transformation um, and gaining my confidence back. I mean, I think that's, that's amazing. Um, side note, I think that to, that tattoo is badass. Um, I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm glad that you could teach Chris tonight what a semicolon does. Um, yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. um, wow, man. <laughs> no, no, but I, 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 really, I really do appreciate why you have that. I think that's amazing. Uh, it, uh, it means so much. I have a so taco on my ankle, too, by the way. What's on your it, the, the semicolons I, on your ankle? No, I have a taco. Oh, you have a taco on your ankle. Yeah, okay. I know what a taco well, is. I know. I, I know say, that's, that's 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 awesome. I'm much more into the taco yeah. than I am the yeah. semicolon. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, that's that's also amazing. But yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Uh, no, I love both of those. No, I I think that is a that's probably one of the most meaningful tattoos I've ever uh, heard of in my life, and I think uh, the way you articulated that was amazing. Um. Amy, I can't express enough gratitude for you to come on here and be as open as you have been. Your candor uh, has been uh, amazing. Uh, it certainly, it, it's also given me a lot of pause, right? And given me uh, as a potential partner for someone what to think about and re-examine my behavior and re-examine who I have been and what I was as a spouse and who I will be to, to who else. Um, very, very grateful. But we actually, as Chris did say, we do have uh, the, uh, I think this is the first time we're officially inaugurating this one. The Steph, Copley, the Steph Copley shut the fuck up moment. That's right. Where Chris and I are going to just shut up and let you talk about, and it could be, you could even spend, you know, time talking about how great of an offensive coordinator Brian is, <laughs> even though that's wrong. You did that already. The rule, the, the rule, that already. <laughs> but the, the rule rules of the segments say that Chris and I can't interrupt. So. <laughs> Uh, well then, um, yes, no. it, Amy. No, I very much. <laughs> the floor is yours. Oh, <laughs> pressure! Fuck my life. Um, I just, I did not have enough whiskey for this. Um, so, oh, uh, so this is the first time. Uh, that I uh, have revealed my new name. Uh, so I made a decision um, when I um, got divorced that I was choosing a new name, a new last name. Um, I didn't want my married name. I didn't want my maiden name. I wanted something that was me as an individual and had, and had to do with my healing. And uh, so 
Um, I recently just um, chose my name, so, um, and it's Addison, <laughs> so that's my new last name, yay! Uh, and so that's what people will know me as, um, and it is, um, it's an homage to uh, my grandma and um, and her love for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, so Wrigley Field is on uh, Clark and Addison, and so it's uh, Addison. Um, that is also my niece's name, and so I got her permission. Uh, she was the first one who found out um, about the name because I wanted her permission to uh, use that, use her her name as my last name. So, um, so yeah, um, I. Uh, I have some things coming up that I'm going to be trying because again, I hate my job and um, <laughs> I'm tired of dealing with assholes every day. Uh, so, and then you came on this podcast. What the hell I know, right? <laughs> Tim, you're supposed to shut the <laughs> fuck up. Remember <laughs> you don't even know I'm the rules of your own. I'm telling stuff. I'm telling stuff. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, so I am, uh, yeah, I'm going to be trying some new things um, to kind of work better with um, my my personality. So um, I love talking and people have a hard time getting me to shut up uh, half the time. Um, so, yeah, okay, now I'm going to shut the fuck up, but... Um, <laughs> Well, we really appreciate your candor, uh, your your want to come on and 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 your story. And I'm so happy that you have uh, thrived through this. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. It. It has been a very long road. Um. So, uh, there's a lot of things that are still going through. Um, my divorce wasn't final until 2020, August of 2020. Um, my divorce was final uh, August 5th. And um, I finished moving his stuff out on August 9th and my house is mine. And it was all in just my name. And then Rachel came on August 10th and um, dropped a tree on the fucking house. Uh, so... Uh, God was like, okay, Yay. here you go. <laughs> my own house. I was so excited for this. Right. Uh, yeah, but um, I get to do what I want now. Uh, so, it's, yeah. Um, well, you know what we want? Let's segue into this. Because you oh, know, Jesus. Tim, how good I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm already <laughs> dreading whatever the hell you're going to do. You're I'm famous, so worried right you're now. Famous, you're famous for your jello shots. I am. I feel like Revelton has to have its own jello shot, like an old man shot or an old man oh. yes. with, um, with some Revelton on it. Not that I can so, be there. I missed our I missed our tailgate for the Iowa game. Yeah. But I'm yeah, so, sort of so three um, beards. Yeah, I like this yes. idea. I I need to um I was thinking about this some when Y'all have a home game and we don't. Um, I'll 
I'm not far from Ames. I I can come there. Okay. <laughs> there we go. All right. I, I got extra. I, I, saw, I saw the pain in her face. I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? I just, just want to see the see damn bread. I just, just want to come and see nine points <laughs> instead of six. That's what she wants to do. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, God. I want to see the bridge. <laughs> 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 Your bridge is cooler than Iowa City's. It is. Uh, it's, yeah. it's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So oh, the jello so stats is something that I have uh, coming up, hopefully. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Well, yes. there um, we go. But I had, I went to a work function um, at a bar in Cedar Rapids and um, I saw a great big sign that had a Revelton mule. And I was like, I gotta try that. And I like put it on the table and I took a picture so I can tweet it to Chris and then I had three and I don't know <laughs> so, but it was really good <laughs> so, there you uh, go yeah. Rob there's your promo <laughs> so good you'll forget there. to text your friends that's right yeah. <laughs> so good you forget to text people yeah excellent that's um awesome. fantastic. well uh Amy, again, we cannot thank you enough. Uh, just fantastic. I really hope your voice continues to get out there. If you want to find a home for podcasting, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so, I, so we can tell Amy the and Holly. story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The drunken no. bitches or whatever, whiskey and bitches or whatever. Wine and whiskey bitches. There yep, you go. That's See, that's what we need. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Um, <laughs> Anyway, you like that's, it, Tim. That's You're just jealous we didn't name it this. Uh, that's what we should of, call this one. Yeah. Yeah. All of my group chats with my friends have some sort of bitches in the name. Um, every single one of them. Uh, yeah. So good. Good. Uh, excellent. You're friends with my ex-wife. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. Wow. People just think we're nice. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> We're two well, over. We're over um, two hours. On exactly that note. <laughs> oh my goodness, listeners! Thank you very much. <laughs> listener, 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 thank you very listener much. Bill. Thank you very much uh, for making it through point, yet again another episode <laughs> of Old Man Strength. Uh, once again, a podcast of Three Beards Media. So many great things going on. Uh, please check out my friend Anya with her fill in the blank with Anya podcast. I, I, a couple of people on Twitter have recently reached out and realized that Anya is doing this thing. And uh, as much as they love Anya, they're also surprised by how awesome it is because it is fantastic. It is good. Uh, she is a lot easier to listen to than either Chris or I. Um, some great stuff again. The side of the storm. Uh, how can you not listen to George Trice talk to Marcus Pfizer and Brent Carvey about Iowa State sports, even if you don't like Iowa State? <laughs> Amy, I've there listened to it. It's, there you go. That's it, what I'm talking about. Who knew Marcus Pfizer was such a football mind? Um, absolutely. Uh, and then of course, the other podcast that I'm on, Bitter Units. Uh, we do have a couple of guests coming up, some beer coming in from Chicago. I'm really excited to talk. And about. Rob, 
Rob is in for an episode. And absolutely, we right? are going to get so, Rob on. So we're not going to just be a beer podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about whiskey. Uh, it's it, it was fun to go down to to the distillery and for Rob and I to talk about the the similarities and the differences between what he does. Um, some things I'm very jealous that he gets to do, and some things I'm very grateful I don't have to do. So, <laughs> uh, uh, fantastic uh, stuff all around, and more things on on the slate that we are still working on so i think so yeah yeah and so we are very very grateful for you guys again revelton distillery 1400 west clay street ocl iowa please check out kyle layman at Wintress mortgage for all of your lending needs chris is there anything that i am missing I mean, we, we've already been two hours. I don't have enough time to go over everything. <laughs> All right. Oh, you mean in regards to the podcast? I'm sorry. No, good you're good. Lord. Uh, sorry. No, you're uh, good. Amy, one last time. Where can people find you on the interwebs? I am more chick um, everywhere. Because uh, she's because, a hot mess. That's... Because, yep, that's exactly it. Uh, yeah. So my niece. <laughs> My niece asked me if I was s'more chick everywhere. And I said, yeah, I said, because s'mores are a hot mess. And so am I. And she said, I usually just uh, light mine on fire. And I was like, also my life. Uh, um... (laughs) Oh, well, perfect. Uh, (laughs) With that, Chris is side grad, side dad on Twitter. You can go ahead and lodge all your complaints to him. I am Tim Drenton MN on Twitter. So you can give us all the compliments on that account. Uh, please go and check us out at strength underscore the old because Chris is an old man and that was the handle that he could get for us. Uh, we appreciate everything that you guys do for us and we will see you guys next time. <laughs>